0: 162 on a summer's afternoon. I took the bus to Van and, and she was heavy laden. The way we went along, calling street that's on the road to Bladen. Oh.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 68 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg for all the non-hot takes. I'm talking your like just room temperature water takes of Newcastle United. That's what I'm here for. And I'm also here for another gentleman, the best damn co-host in the land,
2: Elijah Newsom. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing good, you know. Made some curry tonight, you know. You made the curry? I'll be on the toilet later. Yeah, I made the curry, bro. I'm I'm out here chefing. Ooh. You don't even know i will be chefing, Greg. You know I'm chefing out here. I didn't know
1: you had that that range. Like, yeah, you know. No offense, but you seem like a you know waffle and pancakes type of cook.
2: Well, I mean, actually, I do make waffles. I do make pancakes, but I I enjoy making dinner way more than I enjoy making breakfast.
1: Oh, same, same. <laughs> I grilled up some fine steaks last night. It was a glorious oh,
3: okay, glorious
1: endeavor. Um. Yeah, so we have a third person on the line, and you may know him. This is his third appearance on CHN Radio, the fearless leader of ComingHomeNewCastle.com's website, Brian Nelson. What's up? Hey.
2: <laughs> What's up? <laughs> the- <laughs> I don't know what else you wanted me to say other than you – know, What's up? Uh, hey. Only my third time on the
4: line. There we are. <laughs> What's up?
2: Hey. Brian, how do you feel about your take about Newcastle finishing eighth in the league or sixth in the league? I don't even remember what it was. I
4: regret nothing. Oh, okay. Uh, Mainly because if we had signed Almiron earlier on in the season, that would have happened. Oh. Um, So, I I really do think that, you know, after watching him and Perez play, you know, I kind of, I was like, if we had signed that guy earlier on in the season or anybody for that matter that linked up with press like that.
1: Like earlier on in January or early on? No,
4: I'm talking about in the summer. If we had signed somebody Uh, in the summer with the caliber of Almiron, just, you know, even, you know, it doesn't have to be Almiron anybody. I feel like we would have actually done something if they could link up with press the way that Almiron linked up with him.
1: Okay, so Just it can't her- really be anybody because only a select flute if you can... Like, yes, happens. yeah. but
4: Talent like Almiron earlier on in the season, I think we would have been top 10.
1: That would have been nice. But here we are here
4: in we a wonderful
1: are. Newcastle United summer, but we have an announcement to make. Purgatory. Because of the recent boycotts coming up, uh, we have a CHN radio announcement. And that is okay. that we are no longer a Newcastle United podcast. We are a Dalian Yefang podcast.
0: So oh, Elijah, that's... I
1: wanted to talk to you because it was a big win in the league last night for Rafa Benitez, uh, Yannick Carrasco killing it, twelve goals, five assists in the league.
2: Yeah,
1: um, what he do you think about his form up. so far?
2: <laughs> um, I think he's been great. It's really sad that he left. You know, playing. Top tier football to go out and play in the Chinese league, but I can't blame him. I mean, Um, top tier can't blame me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, he, I can't blame him because I don't blame myself when I uh, when I buy him every year in FIFA (laughs) because he's in the Chinese league. So, and uh,
1: it's it's you know you you'd like to see more out of Emmanuel Boateng. You know, think he'd come to China and just kill it, but uh, he just he just hasn't stepped up to the plate like you'd like. He has five goals yeah. in in eight games, but you know you think he'd do better than that in China.
2: <laughs> mm, yeah, it, it's <sighs> not shame. not a lot of stiff competition out there.
1: Um, Brian, what do you think about their formation um, that they've been using—the <laughs> typical Rafa four-three-two, four-two-three-one? I'm not going to lie. Um, once Rafa went
4: to China, the only thing I did today was buy Chinese food. Other oh, than that. Okay. So you're supporting I are attention.
1: You're supporting the culture. Honestly, hate culture.
4: Honestly, to be honest, um, I did not pay attention. As soon as Rafa left um, for China, it was Wait, at that you, moment. Do
1: you actually think we're we're paying attention? <laughs> 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 I'm li- I'm, we're, we're literally. Oh. I'm reading off of a list of rosters on Transfermarkt. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean. By the way, that was.
4: You can't see my face right now, but I'm like I'm really confused.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we didn't prep. We didn't prep. Actually, well, Elijah, I knew I knew you're Gucci with it because your FIFA game's strong
2: uh um, yeah, I, I knew, you knew i knew about the chinese league now yeah
1: <laughs> i knew you would have known about yannick carrasco and emmanuel boateng so that's why yeah. I, I,
4: I, I, I i had, had a feeling you guys would know anything more about me when it came to china's league <laughs> so i honestly took your word for it i'm like well these guys know what they're talking about <laughs> so
1: um well yeah so we're gonna give you some some yifang updates they're some in 10th yifang. place right now um you know, there's only 16 teams in the Super League, so a little below mid-table. But with Rafa being one to know, you gotta love it. You just, you just got to love it. All right, now let's talk about Newcastle because I was just joking. That was like July fools.
4: So that was the Greg Dude. fools, and any day can be Greg fools.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's, wow. there's really no rules to it. So um, the first thing that we're actually we're going to get into some news, nat or in a few seconds. But first, we're going to plug ourselves, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, the first thing I'd like to plug is the United States of America has four combined men's and women's World Cups. England has one, so really, mm. who? So I think we should all call it soccer now.
2: Yeah. Thoughts? Also, Derby County has it uh, has like soccer complex on the side of their building. Oh yeah, and yeah. soccer is a word invented by the English, yeah. not by Americans. So just you know. Just you can take your tea and shove it up well, down your throat. Actually, you can't <laughs> shove things. That'd be weird. Oh
1: yeah, that was that was a, a fun morning and a less fun evening. For, for, I for yeah, you know, I make spot. my
4: friends on Snapchat have heard me scream louder than when Megan Rapinoe scored that goal.
1: So, Other penalty shot.
2: Oh, what if someone chopped your leg off while you're on Snapchat? I think that'd be a louder scream.
4: No, honestly, I don't. I don't think it could be because I hated oh. that ref the entire game. So okay. I felt that that penalty was the highlight of my life.
2: Interesting. So if you hated refs, you shouldn't have watched the uh, Mexico USA game.
4: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I actually missed it. I was very disappointed. Oh, good. Well, yeah, you're a French
2: <laughs> national team fan, so I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, not <laughs> not surprised at all.
4: No, honestly, I was hoping the men would win, but um, when I woke up and I found out that they had lost. I was actually quite shocked. I thought Polisic would have done better. I watched the highlights. Um,
2: Wait, Pulisic was like the, the lone bright spot in that, yeah, that game.
4: Yeah, well, you know, he, he should have carried the team on his back.
1: And getting into the news, Real Madrid's Tosalu, the mascot of CHN Radio, was spotted at Newcastle United's airport today on his move to Spain. Starting with Brian, what are your thoughts?
4: Okay, well, um, I don't think I'm going to miss him. Uh, He wasn't extremely... You don't think,
1: or you actually are going to miss him?
4: I am 100% not going to miss Hazeloo. To to be Uh, fair, honestly, I'm so happy we we managed to get rid of him because players like this can end up saddling our club with wages, and it's ridiculous. So any chance we have to get rid of him, I love it because...
1: Uh, Your argument makes sense, except you realize that Like, wages means nothing to us because, like, we don't spend those. Yes. Uh,
2: He he has a point, though. There's, like, it's hard to offload guys like Akraf Lazar. Yeah, and, like,
4: Jack Colback. Jack Colback, I mean, good luck. I mean, I would like to get rid of Jack Colback as well. Um,
2: Up top. He's our new number nine.
1: Um, You mean Nottingham Forest captain? Jack Colback our well, new mascot.
2: Re- recently so, back possibly, at the club. Though.
4: Do you know how long it took us to get Jack rid of Riviere? How long it took us to get rid of Riviere? Because he was on a nice salary package with Newcastle. Well, yeah, He didn't want to leave. So honestly, I'm happy. Any chance we have to get rid of him, I don't like players that take away from wages because Mike actually complains about wages on the regular. So,
2: Elijah? Well, you know, I for one will miss Hasli. He is a bit of a legend in my eyes. Um, I love him. I wish him nothing but the best. I don't think transfer is going to happen uh, based on the, the news story I just saw earlier uh, about Jose Mourinho. If he took over Newcastle, him being interested in keeping Haslu because he had an impressive tenure at, at Madrid. So I'm hoping that we get Jose Mourinho in, he keeps Haslu and Haslu becomes the new Marcus Rashford. Um, that's what I foresee personally. Um, I don't think we need to have our moment of silence yet until the transfer is complete. And you know, if that happens, we'll have our moment of silence next week, but for now, we'll just act like this news doesn't exist.
1: You know, there is something beautiful for a podcast audience just to hear a moment of silence, like nothing like click and play and just hear nothing on a podcast, knowing that you're doing that silence for the mascot of CHN radio, Real Madrid's Mm. Haslo. Now, it's a foregone conclusion he's going to score four against real madrid when when they play in in madrid it's going to happen um so congrats to to Asalu, uh for getting those goals again and you know we wish him the best mm. yeah preach on it preach on it um and we'll have chn radio we'll definitely tweet out the picture of him at the airport so check on that um That will be a sad day. Um, We'll get to some new things. Hashtag empty for Ashley. The Arsenal boycott is popping off. Elijah, what can you tell us about this?
2: Um, So they rebranded to empty for Ashley. Uh, They've got a a ton of media coverage. Um, Well, a ton being like they've had about four or five sites, including our own, uh, write about them. Um, They've now joined up with some other groups, including the Magpie group and NUFC 360. Uh, and so um, things are, are looking well uh, for Empty for Ashley. Um, they actually are having they're releasing a statement tomorrow night, so when this podcast comes out that evening around 7.30 p.m. So we'll be interested to see uh, what it says. And, of course, as always, at Coming Up Newcastle, we'll, we'll hit you guys up with that expert content and that expert analysis once it comes out. But, yeah, so just good for them. Hopefully something happens. Um, that's all I really have to say about Empty for Ashley.
1: Yeah, yeah, on my end, like, um, it, it's just something that they need to go beyond social media <laughs> and um, just get the message out there. Don't be forceful. Don't be divisive. Essentially, just tell people the message and what you're trying to accomplish and then do it. And then just stand by it. Don't cancel <laughs> a boycott in mid season because uh, <laughs> that's happened. Uh, Brian, do you, is there anything that you want to say outside of what we
3: said?
4: I mean, There was somebody who uh, I responded to on Facebook who kept coming up with excuses on, you know, why they wanted to go to the match, why they felt they should go to the match. And, you know, I'm I'm getting really tired of the excuses that people are coming up with to go to a game. Um, You know, you can be a fan, but, you know, supporting the team is different. You know, you support the team by... Doing what you can to make the to, you know, create an environment that is positive. And Mike Ashley's created a very negative environment for Newcastle. So the only way you can support Newcastle is by not going. So that that's my opinion on it. You know, if you know you want to renew your season ticket, that's fine. But in my opinion, you're a sheep. So, um, that's all I have to say on that.
1: That was, very, that was a very public Gump right there. All um, right. <laughs> now, what, what do you say to the people like our ever-famous and glorious Warren Barton who believes that the boycott isn't the right way and it's showing up to the stadium and singing anti-Ashley ch- chants and pro-Newcastle United chants for the entire 90 minutes?
4: I love Warren. Um... And a difference on opinion is to be expected on some things. Um, But, I mean, you can have your opinion on it. Some people don't think a boycott is the best thing to do. But I think that, you know, not showing up is, you know, a good way of, you know, if the stadium's empty, it's going to get coverage. We've been there. People have made anti-Ashley Chance. They did the DFW sports thing nothing really came of it and i and grant, granted there hasn't actually been decent coordinated efforts every effort up until this point has been rubbish has just been trash um but um i think an empty stadium makes a statement um yeah. especially for the if rafa goes we go that at least says That, you know, we didn't show up to the match because Rafa left. And, you know, you need to make a statement on that part as well. Um, So not showing up for me is the best thing to do. If, you know, if I'm upset with, you know, how a team's playing or with how a team is being run, I don't give my money to the person who's running that team. Mm. Okay. Like back when the Atlanta Hawks had um, their owner embroiled in a racist controversy. Until they sold, until he sold the Hawks, I would never have bought a ticket. Same goes for the that
2: Clippers. Was the Clippers. Yeah, um, I'm pretty was sure the Hawks
4: Hawks owner had an issue as well.
2: It was the Hawks GM read a statement that was okay, racist, and then he got fired. But okay,
4: but at the I same, mean, what I'm saying though is, thing, I want to yeah. give my money to something I don't believe in, and I don't yeah. believe in Mike Ashley.
2: Yeah, I, I I would agree because I do see I see Warren's point point. Um, about hey, we need to you know do chants that are anti Ashley and support the team. But that's literally what we did all last season, and the season, and the season before, and the season before, and the season before. And obviously, that hasn't worked. And it's 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 obviously a downer for the team. But I think everyone yeah, I think that's understood. where Warren's
4: coming from. Yeah, and I mean, I yeah, and that's a, to
2: be expected a from who played. Yeah, I mean, he's a player, and he's always kind of held that 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 sentiment. Even when we interviewed him. Um, back at the, the Toon Army meetup he kinda felt the same about a boycott. So I mean it's it's to be expected that that's his response, but I think one one you know one day of boycott isn't gonna completely ruin the season for the players. And if I think the team loses day,
4: trust well, me, they're gonna lose a lot more next season anyway, so I'm not too worried about it.
2: Oh, wow, hot take there. I think we're we're finishing second, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Okay. All right. And
1: and yeah. so moving on a little bit is we, we dive into another, like the, I guess the biggest issue outside of boycotts and the sale of the club is our managerial situation. So right now uh, the club is being overseen by Neil Redfern. Um, and actually, you know, he has experience with Newcastle because he was with our Academy for like 10 games and then left. Um, but obviously not the most prestigious, managerial career that you'd hope for for a manager um so there's been a lot of players linked uh brian we'll start with you because you just recently wrote an article about steven gerrard obviously mm-hmm. if you heard that saw the news today he shot that down so. and i was
4: right yes yeah um yeah i was right when i said that he was going to shoot it down because reports are coming out that he shot it down um and i don't blame him for saying no and uh um, because right now what it looks like is Neil Redfern is a band-aid. And if he becomes the manager of Newcastle United, that makes that puts my faith in a takeover a little bit more high, higher a little higher. Just because um nobody taking the Newcastle job should be prepared to be there long. Depending on what's going on, we don't know what's going but if they made like a signing like Martinez, um or bringing in some uh, some guys from Europe um, or even bring in Gerard for some reason uh Frank Lampard was mentioned earlier, but um he's at Chelsea now. so if they had brought in some guys of those names, I would have thought that you know that's a pretty serious signing. Neil redfern he he's a Band-Aid. and if he becomes manager of Newcastle United, then you know I think a takeover is more likely than than not.
1: All right. Yeah. And um, his most famous <laughs> management right now uh, is his time. I mean, he's known as the the Leeds manager. I mean, let's, let's be real, but he gets a lot of slack because of what he did with Doncaster Rovers, Bells and Liverpool women. Uh, if you're not familiar, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Neil Redfern again. I should have probably clarify that from the beginning. Um Neil Redfern, he uh he had one match, six total days in charge, lost to Arsenal, five nothing, and that was it. <laughs> that was his entire managerial career at Liverpool's women. Um so that's that's who we have running our first team. So it's pretty similar to Rafa Benitez, as we can imagine, right Elijah?
2: <laughs> exact same.
1: Yeah, yeah. Same. Um what's your thoughts on this on the is there any? Actually, here's this, Elijah. Is there any current manager that we've been linked to that you think is a realistic option for Newcastle United?
2: Uh, Mikhail Arteta, uh, just because I don't know, he seems like a a guy that is some. It's like a it's like a a good cop out hire because it's somewhat ambitious in the sense that you're getting someone from good Man City academy but also it's like easily you can go back and say um if it doesn't work out that hey we tried um we went a little bit ambitious and then that just sets up you know mike ashley be able to call uh hire, like alan party or something like that <laughs> down the road so it's just i think arteta is probably the most realistic choice to me just because i think you know of that reason as well but also sorry my words just got lost there also he's one of the only guys on this list that doesn't isn't already a manager a first team manager somewhere is looking into breaking into that first team at into that first team managerial role so um i don't know i think he's the most likely but i'm yeah. i'm not putting any stock in anyone
1: Yeah i I definitely see that i mean he's you have to look for a hire that isn't looking to like it, so somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience, this is a perfect fit for because Mikel Arteta is looking at this and he's like, okay, it will give me first team management experience. I know the, the clubs in dire straits right now, but if I can win a few games, like in the start of the season, I can be gone by January at a club that yeah. is pushing for something. Um, That's so, essentially what
2: Vieira did at NYCFC. Exactly. Like, yeah. He he was He knew he wasn't going to be there long and then he got himself a job at Nice.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: So it's, it's definitely an
1: opportunity for, for a manager like that. But you have to think, in, in Mikel's way, he's having – his I mean, he's very familiar with Newcastle United and so does everybody he works with. I, you got to think that any mentor that he has is telling him, stay away. Hmm. Um, and well, I, I, I don't see how you could – if you're a mentor, I don't see how you could give the okay – for your mentee to go manage Newcastle United at, at its current state?
4: Well, that's what they did with Gerard. Um, they told him. What, that, who did? Um, well, at least ownership over at uh, Rangers um, told him to stay away. And um, Mikel Arteta's being primed to take over Manchester City when Guardiola leaves anyway. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if he would want to. Very possibly tarnish his career at Newcastle if he gets off to a bad start. Um, I, I just don't see him wanting to take a risk with a club. Yeah, that, that's
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like his mentors would be yeah. pushing him out of making that decision. I'm, yeah. I I could only imagine that be the only case.
4: Yeah, now, I see that. Um, you but can always knows? not
1: listen to <laughs> your mentor, but I'd imagine that's a conversation that's being had. Can we
3: uh,
4: yeah. agree on that? Yes. Yeah, I don't think they're warning him as much as they're making it out to be. Um, I mean, a lot of times in these cases, um, they'll leave it up to him. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% on how sure Manchester City wants to keep Arteta. Um, they can always find someone else. I'm not sure they're like, oh, no, we want him so bad. Please don't leave. So... I mean, it's Manchester City. They'll find somebody. If not Arteta, they'll get someone else. And they'll do the job.
1: All right. And next set of things that we want to go over is Rondon. West Brom's Rondon. Um, just got back from Venezuela. Had a pretty good international set of, of matches there. Elijah, there's rumors that he could be joining Rafa. In China, it looks like Emmanuel Boateng might not be cutting it after all.
2: And yeah. they'll bring in, they'll bring in um, Rondon. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Rafa is obsessed with him. Uh, so it, it makes sense. Um, there are some conflicting reports coming out. Um, basically, some reports saying that, you know, hold your horses. Uh, it looks like West Brom could could be trying to sell him to an English side. Um it's going to be up to personal preference at the end of the day, West Brom are probably going to get somewhere between 17 to 25 mil for him, depending on who he gets sold to. So I think it's going to be a personal preference. And if I'm Rondon, I think I, I just go with Rafa and make a buttload of money, um, live a, a nice life in China, uh, go be a part of their new, like what is it like $60 million training facility or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It just like, just ha- enjoy enjoy your last few years as a player, that kind of stuff, um, and then and then um, and then ride right off into the sunset. I mean, that's what everyone else is doing. Uh, or you can go to MLS, whichever one he prefers.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's always an option. Um, yeah, I, I I mean, it's 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 like any transfer rumor. It's it's tough to believe, uh, really, until we see some more evidence about it. It's it's so it's almost like lazy reporting to link the two. To each other, you know. I mean, I, I and I'm not saying this person doesn't have evidence. I'm just saying it's like the obvious. Oh, Rafa wants Rondon. Who, who would have thought? You know, <laughs> it it just seems like an obvious choice. Brian, do you have anything you want to add yeah,
4: in there? Well, it's a little bit. Um, I mean, I don't think it's. Too, I mean, a lot of managers who went to China brought players with them. Um, Rondon, you know, probably no exception to that. Um, so, I mean. It doesn't really matter. Newcastle were never going to sign them anyway, so I mean, I'm kind of on the same, um, the same boat when it comes to the both of them. Um, I miss having them. I wish the club had them, but neither one of them are making a return, and it really uh, is no longer of any for for me personally. No journalistic concern. Um, now um, I know fans care and fans were kind of like stuck on the idea of it. Um, but for me, it's no, it sucks. They're gone. I move on. Um, Rondon in China, I mean, he's at the age where he's has maybe four, four or five years left. Um, and I'm, China's not a bad place to play that. So,
1: All right. Um, so, so we're going to get into the, the biggest news. Uh, we're going to break down the BZG statement that came out early this morning Pacific time for me, and then we're also going to talk about the ever-divisive Aizu Perez. So we're going to do the BCG statement coming up right after this break. All right guys, it's it's time to talk about the most sure s- statement we've ever heard. Mm. Oh, that voice <laughs> crack was disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> good good for you, Elijah. You really. Yeah, I'm glad you're, I'm, I'm you're making it. Yeah. So BCG released a statement through a journalist who's from Newcastle but lives in Dubai.
2: So I hope we all follow that. Um, well he's one of he's one of the so-called experts on Dubai yeah. affairs. Yep.
1: yep. So we'll see. Um, That's something that I'll dive into a little bit. But uh, the statement I will read in full here. Both parties have worked diligently in finalizing a deal, none none more so than ourselves. We've completed every aspect required in a takeover process. Compressed claims of no bids or Premier League approval processes are simply untrue. The current owners have cooperated amicably throughout this process. And if a deal is not forthcoming, it will not be due a lack of effort from both parties so let's dive in uh we'll, we'll just talk about that first paragraph that they're saying that everything's done they've done everything that they can do um elijah
2: you're up i mean yeah that's seems like the very similar to the letter we got from uh what's his face you know i'm talking about Kenyon. Uh, peter canyon yeah same thing. It was like, oh we've we've worked we've worked real hard on this. Everyone involved has worked real hard on it. I mean, I don't care. It's whatever. I think I think the drama surrounding all of this is more interesting. And so we'll get into that a little bit later, but I mean that seems like a typical way to start off a statement.
1: Yeah, you know, this is <laughs> Yeah. I, I guess like I mean th- we have no reason not to trust it. We have no reason to trust it. It's just like you, you have, I don't know. I don't know. The, the, there's one positive thing that I've remained throughout this entire thing. It's, it's not over till the fat man sings. That's the saying, right? And mm-hmm. well, there's, there has yeah. Yeah. not been a denial. And until there is a, a denial, and I'm not talking about Lee from the Chronicle. I'm talking about Mike Ashley himself. Until there's a denial, then I'm going to assume that there's something I'm not saying it's a dumb deal or, but like if with all the others, he eventually, Mike eventually came out and said, yeah, yeah, yeah that's not happening. So until that happens, I'm going to have a 1% chance of hope. Uh, 99% chance a, that history will repeat itself. Um, just on that first statement, Brian, what was your initial reaction?
4: It, I mean, like Elijah said, it's pretty, you know, a typical statement. Um, however they did come out and say we did provide proof of funds this was back earlier, this is over a month ago that they said that they did provide proof of funds and that they were in the middle of the fit and proper test for the um, Premier League the Premier League has not made a denial but they don't usually in this case either Um, I don't know if there's um, been a statement ever made by the Premier League on um, coming out against such things so like you said, though, Greg, there has been no denial. And I've been shocked that basically it's just been a war of press. Um, so instead of it being BZG versus Mike Ashley, it's really just the Chronicle versus, you know, Sky versus the Mirror versus the Sun versus Reading out in Dubai. It's this a war of press and, you know, who has the right information. Um, but there's nothing new with Newcastle. Um, misinformation is constant um, throughout you know, the press with Newcastle. It's very difficult to find truth in anything. So, I mean, until I hear something from the parties directly, um, from Mike Ashley directly, I mean, I'm going to have to take BZG at their word.
1: Yeah, um, and then the second part... Saying that both sides worked amicably. If it doesn't happen, it won't be because of lack of trying. Uh, What does that suggest? So, if Because to me, I'll I'll give my thoughts first here. To me, you've done every part required. Um, So that means you've submitted all the paperwork, the proof of funds, everything. So I'm assuming the only thing that is left would be a fit and proper test. Um, And if you weren't fit and proper, then this wasn't – I mean, then I guess we're dodging a bullet. Because let's be honest, the grass isn't always greener. Like we could, this these guys could have like no sense of business whatsoever. And we could be in the national conference before you know it. Like we don't know. We don't know anything about this group. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that they're saying if it doesn't happen, it's a, like, no fault of our own or, or Ashley's party. It's like, what do you think they're implying? <laughs> let's try
2: to dig in.
4: <sighs> Elijah,
2: um, I mean, <laughs> the, no fault of our own. It, it seems like a, a dig of at Mike Ashley, basically saying like we've done everything on our end, and the Premier League has whatever documents they need to have. So if anything, if the sale doesn't happen, it's simply because Mike Ashley doesn't want to sell. Well, no, so- no, they said
1: just to make sure there's not a loss in translation. They said both parties, the current owners, mm-hmm. being Mike Ashley have cooperated amicably throughout this process and if a deal is not forthcoming it will not be due to a lack of effort from both parties so saying that if a deal wasn't going to happen it's not because mike ashley didn't want to sell the club or anything they're saying that he does and he's working to sell the club with them it sounded to me
4: like yeah it sounded to me like they were saying we could screw
3: up
2: no, I no, I, I think don't it's, think that I, at all. I, it's just, I don't think it means anything, honestly. I think this statement means like absolutely nothing. Like, who cares? Like at the end of the day, what's what? Whatever happens will happen. I mean, this statement is like the least. It's a, yeah. it, it's similar to like Peter Kenyon's last statement in like the. There's so much negative press surrounding Mike Ashley, and people are linking that with BCG saying like BCG making all these bold claims, whatever. And then, like, it, it does, they don't want to make it appear as if they're attacking Mike Ashley in order to get the deal done, if that's their their motive. But, like, at the end of the day, this statement doesn't provide any sort of update. It doesn't provide any sort of, like, actual, um, actual like, progress report or anything like that. So, like, I mean, it just seems like it, there's no point in even really, like, diving deep in anything because all of it's just utter nonsense like it's just the most blanket statement set of words you could possibly put together and you know fair play to them like i mean good for them for releasing a generic statement a bland statement maybe this means that because they're just they just want to give people an update that they're still alive and that they still exist that something's happening soon but i mean if you've already gone through all the premier league fit and proper tests and all that stuff i feel like that would have been leaked to the press. By someone, I don't. I don't believe that part. I think that they may have submitted stuff for a fit and proper test. We don't know how that actually takes. There's different timelines, but like Brian said, every publication seems to have a different timeline for how long this test takes. Some are saying ten days, some are saying fourteen days, some are saying three weeks to a month. So, like, it doesn't matter. Like the like the next statement anyone should release at this point is the club has been sold or the club has not been sold. Don't give us any of this this like bull crap in between. Like we don't care. Like I, I, like I read the statement and I was like, okay, whatever. And I moved on with the rest of my day. It didn't change my day drastically at all.
1: Yeah. I completely agree with, with your thoughts here. It is a nothingness. I'm, I'm like, like thinking like how, how can we dig into this statement? And really, honestly, it's not worth it. Cause 99.9% of it is literally it's, it's they needed to get something out and they did. Well, it's called so, What? What was that? Sorry. No, what were you
4: uh, going to say? I was like, well, let's go to press release. You know, it's PR. um You know, you want to look good. You know, you don't want to come out and say, oh, we've, you know, hit a lot of stumbles along the way due to incompetence. So please bear with us um, while we remain to be incompetent. So, yeah. I mean, it's PR. Um, Mike Ashley knows it very well. Um, I'm sure it's nothing new to BZG, being as, you know, they're in the middle east a lot of human rights violations happen over there we don't know
2: what an assumption to make that BD has had to deal with pr releases due to human rights violations i hope they never hear this podcast we'll be banned from reporting on this castle oh my goodness
4: wow but like no like the, the royal family is not new to press releases okay they if okay PR.
2: just real real yeah. aside every single country that it has power in this world is is doing human rights violations so i just i don't want to even mention that anymore let's, let's to act like high. anyone's okay. all high and mighty that like no just don't even mention it like we get it everyone has to do pr They're a company they have multiple yeah. properties <laughs> that are like they okay we get their point is they have to do pr then the yes. statements of pr release yeah yes.
4: so i mean like like you said though and the only statements that should be coming out should be official ones. Um, All the statement did for me was, you know, make me think, Oh, okay. Well, I guess, you know, they're still in it. But like, other than that, I mean, I took the Kenyan statement very seriously. Um, I took the previous um, Amanda Stavely statement even more seriously than I took the Kenyan one. So, I mean, you know, it's been like a downward spiral. I mean, every statement that comes out, I believe, less and less. Um, And uh, until I hear from Mike Ashley's lips or from the lips of the Premier League that Newcastle United is in different hands, um, I can't take anything with any more than a grain of salt.
1: Yeah. All right, so we're going to move on to Iose Perez, um, something that Eliza and I... have gotten a lot of criticism for, rightly so, and (laughs) wrongly so. Um, It's always – he's definitely the most divisive figure at Newcastle United last year, and he had the most divisive two halves of the season of any Newcastle player last year. Um, But he, as we all should know now, left for Leicester, and this is our first podcast since that happened, 30 million pounds, so congrats. Mike Ashley, for that's a lot of money to have. Uh, so congrats to him for keeping that money. And um, before we get into it, I just wanted to – and I'm going to have a eulogy on Isaiah Perez at Newcastle United. Uh, but I just wanted to remind everybody what our current first-team roster is. So I'm just going to run through some names, and then everyone's going to laugh, and then we'll talk about Isaiah Perez. So we got goalkeepers of Darlo, Dubrovka, Elliot, Nathan Harker. E23s, and Freddie Woodman. Defenders, Sierra Clark, Dummett, Fernandez, Lascelles, Akrof Lazar, Javier Minquillo, Cher, Jamie Sterry, DeAndre Edlin, midfielders, Rolando Aarons, Jack Colback, Isaac Hayden, Key, Sean Longstaff, what up? Jacob Murphy, Matt Ritchie, John Joe Shelby, and our strikers are Dwight Gale and Yoshinori Muto. I'm assuming that um, that Hassel is out. Um, Almiron, obviously, is not going to be training with the team right now. Henri Save is not training with the team right now because they're both on inter- international duty. And then obviously injured players are Christian Atsu and Florian Lejeune. So that, that team that I mentioned, besides the last four players, that's the team that's going to China on Sunday. They're flying out on Sunday. Um, so just one, just one word, yes or no answer. Start with you, Elijah. Do we score a single goal in China?
2: Yeah, uh, we've got John Joe Shelby. So okay, uh, Brian. Yeah, I mean, like, do we score yeah. a single goal? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, I'm
1: saying no. You're wrong. Okay, we'll
3: see.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, we Red Prince, our manager, and we have Muto and Gale as our strikers against Wolves. Man City, and who else is going to be there? I forget. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. No, I don't think we're going to score a goal.
4: You don't think Gale will get at least one goal?
1: I forgot Dwight Gale existed. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. West Ham. No, I, I definitely don't think so. We don't, do we even have a system? Like, that's what I...
4: <laughs> well, it like, we don't know Neil Redfern's system yet.
2: I mean, he has yeah, one. <laughs> it's, it's very similar to the Dave Saraton era of U.S. men's national team where it was just like, just field some players and maybe they'll do something. Yeah. So I, but I, but I think they'll score a single goal. Yeah. And I don't – I mean, just They're because – play two like,
3: games, so we're, yeah, we're I just,
2: a total of 180 minutes. Yeah. But you have to consider you have guys on this team. I said John Joe Shelby because he's like – very much a a type of like effort. I'm just going to shoot from outside the box kind of player. And he's got something to prove in his, his little brain uh, as he showed up to training literally a month and a half early uh, by himself, because he was like, I'm John Joe Shelby. You're not so like me. So he's going to have a lot of motivation to make an impact on someone. So I think he's just going to start ripping ones from distance and maybe one of them goes in. That's why I say we score a goal. I mean,
1: all right, the and New the last Newcastle question. Team
2: scored without a system multiple times under Dave Steraton.
1: And the last question I have is if we win one or both games, do we confirm Neil Redfern as senior team manager? Yes or no, Elijah?
2: I mean, knowing Newcastle, yes. I mean, we're less than a month away from the window closing, and we don't have a manager. So just for sake of, And like as Brian alluded to it earlier, maybe it's like a whole ploy because the club's actually in the late stages of getting sold so they don't want to hire a new manager uh, because it just doesn't make sense to do so. Um, But, I mean, sure, confirm Neil Redfern as interim manager. I, I, I don't care at this point. Just get me to January and then we'll reassess.
3: Yes.
1: Brian, yes or no? Will if we win one or more, will Neil Redfern be named Newcastle's first team manager?
4: I think if we win zero, Neil Redfern will be named manager.
1: So your answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last Thursday, around lunchtime British time, twenty-five-year-old Spaniard agreed to a four-year deal and signed with Leicester City. He has gone from a magpie to a fox. <laughs> by Perez. Now, before you guys jump in, I'm going to get my words out of the way um, because I've been beating on this drum for a little while. <laughs> um, 30 mil, way more than I thought we'd get for Perez. I'm sure that also includes, includes some performance bonuses on top of that. Um, it's maybe, maybe, like, maybe there was a sell-on clause that Newcastle wanted back, so they cranked the price up top more. Who knows? But we have a player that left that was a big part of Newcastle United's last few years. Let's be honest. Um, There's been a lot of times where it's been brutal watching him. And if you tell me that I'm wrong, then you're wrong because it's been brutal sometimes (laughs) watching him. Now, then there's times like last year where – he absolutely dominated last season once Miguel Amron came on and became our leading scorer. Um, but people forget about those times where he was scoreless in his first 12 and had two goals in 22 games um, playing the same role. So it's very divisive. It's completely on one end of the spectrum or the other. Iose Perez is very rarely in the middle. So to me, it was brutal watching him play because you could see that there was something there that he just wasn't using. And it took somebody else to in order to come into the squad to take the pressure off him to enact that. I don't think he does well at Leicester. I don't. Um, I I think he's going to go quiet a lot more there because there's other superstars that are going to be taking a lot more action there because they've proven they can take the pressure and do well. Um, but. Am I sad to see Iose Perez leave? Yeah, I, in a way I am. I'm going to miss arguing with people about why I don't like him and then having to correct myself during the later half of the season because he's doing well. Like, I'm going to miss that about Iose Perez. Um, I think it's a perfect time to leave the club for him, so fair play to him. Um, but at the same time, my last criticism of Iose Perez, because I cannot leave on a good note with him because I've always – been on the anti iose side any player that comes to newcastle and claims in international media that he is going to leave i lose respect for immediately be loyal or gtfo au revoir iose perez elijah
2: yeah your thoughts um you're the you hit a lot of good points um I guess my my main thing one fair play to Newcastle because apparently that thirty million pounds it's reported that it was a release clause so I'm proud of them for having a thirty million pound release clause on a guy you bought for like one and a half million so that <laughs> is absolutely impressive yeah ex- that is excellent business to just predict that um it, and uh, you guys got my initial thoughts my raw thoughts on this when it happened Leicester's not really a spot I saw it was a l- landing uh I mean. Even, I mean, like we were talking because, like you said, he's been pretty open with the fact that he's open to leaving uh, this whole year. He's talked about it, especially when he started getting good, how convenient that was. Um, he uh, – he, it just seems like if he were to go up, it would have gone – he would have gone to, you know, a top – tried to finesse, finesse his way to a top six club or to be the guy at a La Liga club like a Celta Vigo or something like that or you know just a, a smaller La Liga club. So seeing like another kind of like mid-table team and granted Leicester are they're doing things right, they're investing well, but I'm um, I i do not think they're going to nowhere near the the top 6 because they just simply don't have the funds to get there. Um, I mean that I just thought that was interesting especially going to a team that already has one striker and Jamie Vardy who's a club legend and is in fan favorite and like no one's ever going to beat him out for anything. Great wingers on on either side. Already a really great uh, midfielder in Yuri Tillemans that they've they've now signed on a permanent deal. Who kind of holds down that playmaking midfielder role? And then you've got Ayinatu and Demari or Demari Demari Gray ahead of you as a striker. It just doesn't make that much sense when there's other clubs, for example, Tottenham who literally don't have a competent backup striker where you could easily play European football off the bat, play multiple games, play multiple cup matches. And, you know, there was still like not even the patience to wait until a team like that offered. Uh, so I just thought it was an odd spot for him to land. And I guess my only other real point on this, because I'm very much in the boat of Iose Perez. He's great for moments, but as an overall player, like he's not the most efficient or productive. It's similar to like, um, I would say Russell Westbrook if you're an NBA fan. He's, like, a great player, and he has amazing moments and has all these triple-doubles and does things that amaze you. But when you look at how efficient he is as a player, he's literally the worst – he's literally the least efficient player in the NBA. Like, he's, like, bottom five, and he's a perennial, like, top – he's a perennial all-star every year. So um, I'm not going to miss him in that regard. I'll miss some of the great moments he brought in Newcastle, all that kind of stuff. But my final thought on this is, like, there was a lot of people who took that and was like, and they they immediately went to the Mike Ashley. He's a cancer. We lose Rafa now. We lose Jose Perez. If you genuinely thought Jose Perez was going to stay through this window, Rafa here or Rafa not here, then like I got some like miracle water I can sell you because he literally mentioned it four times. I actually went back and looked. He mentioned it four times in the span of five months that he was interested in going other places, like. The guy was leaving in the summer. He was riding off that high of having an excellent second half of the season. He was going to finesse that into getting himself a deal elsewhere. Like fair play to him, but to act like this is purely a result of of like Rafa leaving or you know Mike Ashley. Yes, indirectly, it's a result of Mike Ashley's incompetence as an owner, but. If de Perez is at Southampton and scores 10 goals and gets a lot of buzz around him, he's probably leaving there as well. If he's at Leicester and scores 10, 15 goals, he's probably doing a Riyad Mahrez and forcing his way out there as well. So I think that's just – he already had in his mind that he was leaving the club, and it just made it even easier uh, for him to do so with uh, the exit of Rafa and um, teams like Leicester who are ready to pounce on players like that.
1: Yeah, and Brian, what are your thoughts? Wow.
4: Okay. So, you know how I feel about I was about I was depressed. Um,
2: well, how did, how, how, well, how the, the listeners might know. not. Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah, Well, no, I, I mean no, because I think you and I got in an argument on the first podcast that was on about how we Brian, felt. about We
2: have press. grown by like literally. We have grown okay since okay. that that first. Yeah, that's fine. That's you know, if you're not going, if you're
4: not going <laughs> back and watching the first podcast, and you aren't, you know, no, please don't do that. Um, so no. I I love Perez. Um from the first time we signed him, I thought that he had a lot of potential. And I'm happy to have seen some of that potential realized, but like you guys said, not all of it has been. Um but you know, he comes up at big in big moments. He's a good player, he's quality, I like him. I never wanted him to leave. And, you know, I think that Newcastle was going to be much worse off without him. They were much better with him. You know, even when he wasn't at his best performances, I still feel like Newcastle were better with him than without him. And I know that that's a hot take for you, but that's truly how I feel. And then with the signing of Almiron, I feel like we're now missing what could have been one of the best midfield duos in the Premier League. I truly believe that. And um, so I'm really going to miss him. But, you know, he has every right to look at the situation at Newcastle, see how it is, and leave. And, I mean, you can complain that, oh, you know, he's been finagling this move for five months. But get this, Newcastle fans have treated him like crap for the past five years. So it is in my honest opinion that Newcastle fans – at this moment, got what they deserved. They saw the player that he could be. They saw the player that he could become. And now they lose it because, you know, he didn't get the respect he deserved. He didn't get the support that he needed. And I love that finger in the ear celebration because you know what he wasn't listening. So, well, that
2: means he was. Well, <laughs> well, it only took a world-class manager <laughs> and, and a record-breaking signing to unlock the potential of Ios. Right. So, is, congratulations. Those,
4: things, those those things, you know, a lot of players need that. A lot of players need somebody to come in and kick them into gear. You know, and um, you know, Prez is one of those guys. Um, I don't like you equating him to Russell Westbrook, um, but.
3: Russell Westbrook
2: won the MVP though, so remember that. Russell Westbrook's yes. a good player and he's fun to watch. Yes, but he's just not efficient. That was no. my point. And no, Perez no, no, no I get Literally, point. is not efficient. <laughs>
4: yes, but you know, Musa Sissoko wasn't efficient. You know,
2: we yeah, we've had was. players and in Moussa the past Sissoko like had Perez. literally one good season since he's left Newcastle this past season. Like it's it, and that's probably a fluke. Like yeah,
4: it's like, but, it... well, what I'm saying though is Perez you know has I think Perez is you know, a lot better of a player than Musa Sissoko in my again in my opinion um okay. but I, I like he we got a lot more for him than I thought we were going to get um I do think 30 million is an inflated price for Perez so you know fair play to Newcastle for actually making that his release clause um but cuz um I think we were predicting what 20 and then 22 I think 22 was the max I predicted for Perez um, so I mean that's a good price to get for him. I think that if used right, we could get someone better for better than him for less than that but it's not gonna happen. so
1: yeah I mean and, and, and this is another example of why he was so divisive. Um, you know, I, I try to – I look at the whole body and, you know, if – you know, he had a he had a great season. And, like, if I – if somebody would have told me before the season, hey, Isaiah Perez, how many did he score? 14?
4: I think he scored so 12 total.
1: 12 total? If somebody said Isaiah Perez was going to score 12 goals, I'd be like, whoa, like, that's surprising. Like, and they'd be like, oh, well, he led the team in goals last year. I was like, yeah, but, you know. It was one hot streak that got him there. And sure enough, that's what did it again. Uh, there's too much star power on Leicester for him to continue to do that. Um, 13 total. Sorry, 13 total. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at, like, his his goals per 90, uh, that's 298 minutes per goal. That's not good enough. That's not good enough in the Premier League. To, to, to be fair,
2: 100%. Greg, we both have said that <laughs> Iosei Perez would be a great Super sub, and he yeah. could be a good super sub at Leicester.
1: That's this is where I was going. Um, you have far more potent players at Leicester. However, like as Elijah said, uh, he we we've been saying that if you had a full filled out roster and you brought Iose on the 60th minute, he could easily change that game for you. That's his thing. His thing. His fresh last 30 minutes of a match, and especially with the star power that Leicester has on it. Um, depending on who's starting up top. If you use Jose in that second striker spot in the last 30 minutes, he could definitely make a difference. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what what Lester does. Um, I really don't have anything else I've said in my piece. Um, Um, I know people don't agree. Some agree, some don't, and that's just the way it is. But I will stay by my stance.
4: always. So so you don't think that Perez did better when Benitez brought in Competition because Almiron very well.
1: Well, he wasn't competition. He, he went two different positions.
4: Yes, because he put Almiron in a different position than Almiron originally played when he was at Atlanta United because Perez was playing a different role. I I, I, I consider Almiron competition for Perez.
2: Okay. And I mean, <laughs> some. You could you could say that, but then again, when like we had Isaac Perez playing the number ten role, and then like don't forget Newcastle switched and committed to the five in the back probably about a month or two before the January window opened, and Isaac Perez is being used as a winger, and then literally I was brought in as the opposite side winger. So I mean, I guess mentally it's it's competition, but like on the field, technically speaking, it's a different role completely. Yeah, but. But to that point, it literally took a record-breaking signing and literally one of the best managers in the world to get Iose Perez's best season, which is just like that just means that you may not be that great of a player. It doesn't mean you're terrible, but it doesn't mean it, – it means that you may not – like you look at the best players in the Premier League or the better players in the Premier League, they've been consistent season after season. Like take Jamie Vardy, regardless of the manager at Leicester, he always scores. You we know, usually scores within the double digits in goals. You look at like guys like um, like Eden Hazard. I mean, he always is good every year, regardless of who the manager is. And Chelsea have gone through literally like three managers in the past four years, or something crazy like that. So I mean, it, it's 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 an interesting point to make, and I do think he will be missed, and he's a good player, but. I don't. I wouldn't put too much stock in him being such a player that's not replaceable, and he's not a sign of like terrible times to come for Newcastle. Obviously, it's bad that Newcastle is signing it to replace him, that kind of stuff. But I mean, I still think that he just benefited so greatly this season. You could tell just tactically and how he looked out there on the field um, with a player like Miguel Romo next to him, um, and and Rafa Benitez just being a tactical expert. He's been the only manager that's actually been able to get the most out of Jose Perez, and it took him three years to get there.
3: Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, um, that's pretty much it for that. Um, so we're going to wrap it up here with a fun little game. It's another question and answer game started by yours truly, Greg Troxel. Please. Well, actually, no. I'm going to change it. It's not yes or no. Okay. Who change
4: rules of the game right
1: there? Who is your starting 11 right now for Galaxy oh United? God, why you this? <laughs> Brian, <sighs> you're up. Or if you want to look at the roster, I can go first. Yeah, let me t- take I a look. Go right honestly, now. I, have, I haven't even had Okay, time Elijah, before.
2: you're up. All right. Um. So, I'm going uh, to let, go... Let's assume...
1: Let's just go in generic, like four, back, three, like a
2: four, two, three, one. Let's just do that. Oh, I was going to go five in the back.
1: Okay, that's fine. Would you, you just state the formation then,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go the same five in the back we ran because our strength still is our defense. Uh, so, and um, let's,
1: oh, let's also assume everyone's healthy. So, okay, Le- assuming Le-June, everyone's healthy. Lejeune's uh, – Le- yeah. well, really our only injuries are Lejeune and Atu because long staff yeah, is apparently okay. better.
2: No, that's, that's completely fine. Um, yeah, so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to go left wing back Matt Ritchie. Uh, your first center back is going to be Florian Lejeune, uh, and then you have Jamal Lascelles, and then we'll follow that up with a little bit of uh, Federico Fernandez with uh, DeAndre playing right back. Um, your midfield three, uh, Sean Long's staff, uh, Isaac Hayden hasn't been sold yet. And then uh, John Joe Shelby, uh, I think – wait, you have three in the midfield, right? Yeah. That that makes sense. I think that's right. I think, yeah, there's three in the midfield. Yeah. Is there or are there only two? Well
4: – Like his brain is frying.
2: Well, you can, it depends on how you're setting it up.
1: If you're doing a, a five, like four, one, you're having two – Two
2: center or two okay, yeah, center no, mids no, no, and no, two no. on the wing. Okay, um, mean, I'm going. I'm going to go Longstaff and Shelby then. Yeah, and then out on the left wing we'll put Almiron. Out on the right wing we'll go Atsu uh, because he can play both sides, obviously. Um, and then our striker will be Fabian Chair. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right,
1: Brian, uh, yeah. what's yours? What, what were the um? And I'm I'm assuming you have Dubravka. Oh wait, yes. we
2: could have we could have put Hasalu,
1: you know, as Haslu and <laughs> Gold. Let's let's assume Haslu's gone. He was at the airport.
2: I think it's safe. Oh, he's stuck at the airport. Well, <laughs> you, know you know what sucks is I can't put
4: DMA on the wing. Um Oh,
2: so, that sucks. What a callback. So, what a callback.
4: So um figured I'd have to th- plug that in there. So um what were the um what, what formation were you using, Greg?
1: Well, it's up to you. Whatever formation oh, gosh. you gosh.
4: I guess I'll go with a four three three. Because I'm um, okay. I don't know what formation reference. Right right.
1: Yeah, four three three. What's our starting lineup? So I mean
4: I'm looking at um Dummett, left back. Um, then uh Shar and Lascelles and Yellen um continuing on to the right. Um and the left wing you have Matt Ritchie, Um so, uh, let's see, I'm gonna put uh gosh man, I'm really trying to think this through. Um, Almiron and then Atsu. And then our front three. Um, oh, gosh. Longstaff on the left.
3: Yeah. fried no. You're going to put Longstaff up
4: front <laughs> over Almiron?
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm man.
4: I'm fried, man. I'm fried. Okay. All um, oh, well, right, Hi,
2: everyone. He just I'm admitted just, okay. it. <laughs> I said I'm fried. Fried yeah, high. fried means high.
4: My my oh. brain is fried from it being from eleven o'clock. Oh, so, uh, um,
1: so oh, gosh. So your top so, pri- your top three is Longstaff and who else?
4: <laughs> well, you know what? We're too far gone now. Um, hell, I'm just gonna put a uh, Dwight Gale, and then um, what's the <laughs> just to oh throw in. Him- because I always like saying that Lazar is going to get a chance. And uh, he's going to get a chance.
1: All right. Up front. Well, my, just to close it out, I'll go quickly. Dubrovka. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to just do a four-two-three-one.
4: Rest in peace, my brain.
1: Uh, Dubrovka for me. I'm going to have uh, Mankio on the left. Uh, Cher and Lejeune in the center. Yedlin on the right. Or my two defensive mids give me a nice little taste of Shelby and Longstaff, please. Uh, my three midfielders in front of them going to give me a beautiful rendition of Jack Colback. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not putting Jack Colback in my starting eleven. Leave
2: Jack Colback in there.
1: Matt Ritchie, uh, Almirón, and Atsu, and then my top, the Danish prince. Elias
2: Sorensen. Bam! Let's go, everybody. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm glad the youth team is making a comeback. Um, Elias Sorensen up top,
1: but coming off the bench, the very sprite super sub of Yoshinori Yuto.
2: Greg, this is a legitimate question for you. And this is like, in all seriousness, I asked this. How, how, what are the odds in the next four years we see a Sean Longstaff, Maddie Longstaff starting 11 appearance?
1: Uh, yeah, (laughs) that's, that could be interesting. We'll just, we'll end on that. Um, That, so Lee Ryder is apparently very high on Maddie Longstaff. I've watched a few of his matches and I don't, I I don't, I haven't seen it yet. I'd like to see him go on loan and, and test it out in the actual league. I, he has done well for the U23s, but it's tough to judge the competition because the competition changes game in and game out with who you're playing and, and who they're bringing up, whether they're calling up U18 players for the matches or whatnot. So it's hard to judge. I'd rather him play in like a structured league system to really see how good he is. So if I had to guess, I would say never. <laughs> but Wow. Okay. Um, if, if I had to like put money down, I would say it's never going to happen. Uh, or Wait. Hold on. Are we talking like League Cup?
2: Uh yeah, I'm including League Club Cup stuff in that as well. Oh
1: because that changes it. I All
2: think right. that's what makes it interesting is that you could even get guys who are just like, you know, bound to be flops, I guess. Um if you want to call them that, who made some League Cup appearances. Yeah. Um so just to test the waters. All so, right, then
1: I uh, will say um within the next two
2: months. <laughs> <laughs> within the next two months, yeah. he's going out on loan, right? How does that happen? Well, I
1: don't know. He's not not on loan yet, so Wait, he's
2: going to. Oh, so like you I'm think that I would like might...
1: to see him on loan, but he hasn't yet. He hasn't been on loan anywhere, so it'll be interesting okay. to see what Shola does with him. The only player on loan right now is Dan Barlazar.
2: Oh, I'm surprised he's still in a Newcastle shirt, but okay. Anyway, who Dan? Yeah. Well, he's not. He's in a Rotherham shirt. Sure. Well, fair. <laughs> fair.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's going to conclude this episode. Uh, Elijah, Brian, anything that you'd like to say in your parting words for this episode?
2: Uh, if you're an American, uh, start supporting NWSL. Uh, we just won the Women's World Cup, and I've streamed a couple NWSL matches. Um, they got a new TV deal, so it should be a little bit easier. Uh, So, yeah, start watching them. There's actually some some really good soccer. Um, I'd say sometimes the soccer looks a little prettier than it does in MLS. Brian, anything for
1: you? Um,
2: Go,
4: U.S. Woman. Um, No, I was happy to see them win. Um, Yeah, and. uh,
2: That's a lie. That's a lie. You weren't happy to see them win. You wanted France to win.
4: (laughs) Once the U.S. (laughs) men's team gets good, I'll be happy to watch them win. Um, But anyway, no. So, um, (laughs) so, no, just go U.S. woman. Happy to see them win. Um, Really just uh, keep, for all our readers out there and, you know, listeners, keep your eyes out for the news because, really, Newcastle News is the most painful news to follow. And, uh, you know, the truth is starting to come by. So just keep it classy, San Diego.
3: All right. Wow. Uh, Well, with
1: that, that will end episode 68 of CHN Radio. I promise we'll have more things. Well, actually, I can't promise that because I'm not in charge of the club, but hopefully we'll have a lot to talk about in a special upcoming episode 69. Excellent. oh ho ho! ho. Nice. Um, that episode. concludes episode sixty-eight of CHN Radio. I am your host, Greg Troxel. That is the best damn co-host in the land, Alasha Newsome Thank you, Brian, for joining us. And Thank you for having me. The whole tone that you're listening to, just a melody of and Races and Hawaii oh. The
0: And up to the drop in a deer Just can't do to the railway bridge The bus will flow off there The lasses lost in the crinolines And the bales that hide their faces I got two black eyes and a broken nose And Gavin's the bleeding razor Oh! The we put on the way we went again. But them that had their noses broke, they came back our yen. Some went to the dispensary, and some to Dr. Gibbs's, and some to the infirmary to mend the broken ribs. Oh! The cow on me to sing a song, and I sang them Paddy Thiggen. I danced the jig and swung me twig the day I went to play. Them. to blade and poon The bellman he was carrying there they called him Jackie broom I saw him taking to some chips and then he was persuading The Gamsy he drawed he showed the mechanics howl at bleeding. And... Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cooney. There were spice dolls and monkey shoes and dad wags selling ciders. And a chef for hoppin', he's the butcher's and no more lads for riders. <laughs>